Hey, storytellers. If you like the show, you can find Life Narrated on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever streaming service you use. It really helps others find the podcast and validates our existence. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Hello, storytellers, and welcome to Life Narrated, the podcast about life and the stories we tell. My name is Emily, and I am a soul who got trapped in a mirror. My name's Lauren, and I'm the fairest of them all. I'm Matt, and I'm Mirror Universe, you. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about mirrors and photographs. This is kind of a, a interesting episode because I don't think we're entirely sure how it's going to go, but um, it just... We were going to do an episode on folklore, and all of our folklore ended up being about mirrors and portraits and images, so um, we're going to try doing this. I did some research on, like, why uh, anthropologically mirrors and photographs are important, and the first thing I came up with was the duality of human nature. Like, it just speaks to what is inside you. So mirrors are supposed to reflect your soul, which is why, you know, breaking one can cause you seven years of bad luck. The Romans believed that every seven years your soul regenerated. So if you were looking into, if you were looking into a mirror and you broke it, that means that your soul is shattered. I often wonder what that meant though, to have your soul regenerated. Yeah. Right. It's like, I mean, skin, like it, yeah. Yeah, it turns out that they were onto something because every seven years, your like body is a new body because you're you said you shed cells um to a point where you're just a new person that is the uh, yeah, yeah yeah so it's kind of like a i mean they didn't know that but it's <laughs> interesting that they picked you know that kind of thing but yeah i mean it's like the you know binary oppositions what's inside you it's what we talked about with um werewolves you know the mm-hmm. whatever lurks deep inside of you but i think um And to that point, like, the first mirrors that people used were water. And since there was, like, this hidden world behind the water, you can imagine that there might be a hidden world behind a mirror, right? It makes kind of sense that way. Right. Anthropologically speaking, if you had only seen water with that actually had, like, a whole depth of, uh, like, a world down there, and then you saw a mirror, you're like, oh, there's probably stuff behind there, too. Yeah, like what's behind there. And I mean, I think that's kind of exacerbated by the fact that we do have one-way mirrors. I don't, I mean, (laughs) you know, in modern culture we do that. But anyway, the biggest thing that I found was that um, it kind of has this liminality thing going on. And being liminal means that something is neither one thing or the other. It's in the middle. So this is the same problem that we have with like unborn babies and teenage girls and Twilight. Like these are all things that are not one thing and not the other. Like a, a baby in a mother's stomach is not a baby and it's not, you know, just a growth, a tumor, you know. It's just it's somewhere in between. And teenage girls are not, neither children nor are they, you know, sexually mature adults. And so we do have a lot of weird issues around teenage girls. The same with Twilight. It's not day. It's not night. I personally you know. have a lot of weird issues around mirrors, so it makes sense. Perfect. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and yeah, so mirrors mirrors are liminal. Like they there it's not you, but it looks like you. And it's not alive, but isn't it alive? It's and moving like, around the way you are. Yeah. Yeah. And like 
you can't be sure that it's not alive. <laughs> like, if you smash it, you can be sure it's dead. <laughs> right. I guess that's true. But then you also risk killing yourself. Right, that's true. Seven so. years, bad luck, my friend. Um, you can grind up the pieces of the mirror to negate the bad luck, or you can bury it. But if you do both, then you've double negated it, and you're back to the seven years. Thing. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, you can you can cancel out your initial. I didn't know you could cancel out the bad luck. Yeah, you that's can good to double know. double cancel. <laughs> but similarly, photographs are like both uh, true and not true. Like it's you, but it's not you, and it's also from the opposite direction. Like it, it's a. It's a mirror image of you. Also, there's like staged photographs and Photoshop that undermine their truthfulness. But like still many people believe when they see a picture, they just take it at face value. So it's just like really liminal thing with photographs and mirrors that is just it's it concerns us (laughs) as a society because it's not one thing and it's not another. I want to make a narrative with teenage girls, mirrors, unborn babies and photographs and then it will just be the most confusing thing to everybody who... Everybody will walk away just being like, uh... <laughs> That's right, like, I don't know how to feel what about this. Was, was it or that? wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hate it, but I also <laughs> didn't love maybe it. hate myself. Yeah. <laughs> I did also want to mention that um, the first mirrors date back to 6,000 BCE. So it's that's a long time ago. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, we were super into figuring out how to look at ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and from my own experience, having uh, gone to, like, a lot of different countries, to places where people don't have access, I mean, they have mirrors, but they don't have access to photography specifically, showing, like, a young kid who's never seen their own face in a photograph before, a photograph of them is just, like, mind-blowing. Like, it's just... They've never even conceived of it, and it is really interesting to see. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and you see in a lot of cultures this idea of graven images as being, like, right. not... I, I think that might be... Maybe that's part of it, where it's like, yeah, there is something uh, narcissistic about it, or, you know, in, innately prideful, and therefore innately kind of bad. Being Thinking about your face and how you look and that sort of thing, and so it's, like, just forbidden, so... I imagine pictures don't go over hot. In Islam, it is forbidden to, like, for artists or anyone to draw an image of a living creature. And it's because you don't, you are not God, and so you can't create these things. Like, you can't pretend to do what God does, basically. And so it's it's haram, it's forbidden. Yeah. So a lot of, um, and this was also an instance of, like, in Greek Orthodoxy. Matt, do you remember when we went to Istanbul and there was like uh, half of the Hagia Sophia was like scraped of all yeah. of the imagery? Like there was only a couple mosaics left, but that was because there was iconoclasts who came in and was like, there's these graven images in here. We can't pretend to, you know, create what God creates. And they destroyed it. There's actually a beautiful church there that has been like basically scrubbed all down except for this giant black cross burnt with like ashes in the middle is really very uh affecting yeah it's very dramatic yeah especially when you consider the rest of the church is a enormous and b had previously been covered from head ceiling to floor with these incredible mosaics mosaics. yeah and then someone went through and like painstakingly like destroyed all of them. Yeah, and I remember when we went to Egypt to Luxor, they had a bunch. All of the the faces of the gods were like 
hacked off. Right. Do you remember that? I do. I think that was more for like a uh, like a revolutionary kind of thing. It wasn't like these gods well, are not meant to be drawn. Well, it, no, it was the it was the Christians though who did it. I think I, right. from a perspective of these aren't gods. Right, exactly. Of. But it wasn't like you shouldn't be drawing things that that God. That's creates. true. It was That's more true. like we hate these gods or these <laughs> these things. These are false idols. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit different, but it's yeah. funny point, though yeah. because I I'm curious if anyone ever takes the opposite standpoint where it's just like, well, I'm not actually creating this thing; I'm drawing a representation of it. This thing is not alive. However, you're just like you could argue, or I would argue that like, okay, so we're not supposed to create things, but also isn't it up for God to decide what? is destroyed, you know? So like, yeah. like playing, you're passing a judgment on this thing that I'm destroying it. And isn't that for God to do as well? So it's like, just don't do anything. <laughs> I think also this kind of brings back to philosophy in like Plato's, Plato's cave. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like the parable of the cave is that everyone is kind of, um, watching everything is a reflection of the one true thing. So if we're talking a horse, every horse that you see is just a reflection of the one true horse. And this, uh, he he explains this by saying like we're sitting in a cave with the our backs to the fire, and everything we see is just shadows of the thing that's behind us. That like the horse that's standing behind us. All of the animals are just shadows of that horse. And like what we need to do to understand truth is just get up and go outside. <laughs> like, just, just look at the damn horse. Look at the damn horse and see the world. <laughs> and like, but anyway, that was all I had for the anthropology of mirrors. Um, but I know that you have some, Lauren have some science and some other stuff to talk about. Yeah. I, I mean like, so I'm going to, I'm going to bring up real science in a second. Um, yeah. <laughs> but now we're going to talk. So one of the big things, Emily, you mentioned how long ago um, the first, like, kind of creation of mirrors were. Um, a big part of that was scrying, which you could argue is not scientific. If you, if you feel <laughs> this so. This would be a cultural thing. Yeah. <laughs> the, the science of scrying. Um, <laughs> so anybody unfamiliar with that term, scrying is a form of divination. So it's like magic that allows you to see the future or communicate with the dead or is part of like a magical ritual Mm -hmm. and Romans and other cultures as well, but specifically the Romans, because Emily, you brought up them kind of early on, uh, the oracles and the temples would use like pools of water, basically anything reflective. So major ones were like pools of water and then reflective stones water mirrors themselves like once we like actually kind of manufactured mirrors yeah and then they put dark glass which to me i thought of like obsidian or some kind of volcanic glass that is like really shiny but it is dark yeah so those were some of the things that were used so what do you do when you scry do you just so like stare into it? you you use it it's like a you you stare into it and you it's supposed to help you induce this trance and that that trance and looking in the mirror it's like the mirror kind of focuses whatever you're trying to do so if you're trying to communicate with the spirit world you're kind of using it as like a doorway right hmm. if you're yeah. using it uh, to predict the future or to see events that have happened or that will happen you're kind of using it to pierce time hmm. um and then part of magical rituals, I felt like those two things are kind of magical rituals. 
Yeah. So I wasn't exactly sure, but then I'm I'm assuming that there are things that we're just like ignorant of that like if you are a practitioner of these things that you might be saying like, <laughs> oh well you you would use it for blah 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 and I just don't know what those things are. Yeah. But the main ones you see like you know, think about like crystal balls are used yeah. are scrying tools mm, and okay. but also also mirrors and stuff. So isn't there a specific word that we were talking about the other day that means um this stuff, magic with mirrors? Yeah. So I'm every time I look at it, I'm like, Ugh. it's catoptromancy. Okay. Oh, cool. Is divination using a mirror. So that's like that like a I think it's like the Greek term for it and then like scrying is the same idea so it's but it's the idea of using a reflective service surface as to to divine stuff um so yeah so ketoptromancy ketoptromancy scrabble that get all the points (laughs) that idea of scrying which i'm going to bring up later but i just want to point out that like so ancient romans used to do this other ancient cultures used to do this including the aztecs which i had not known previously but oh that's interesting yeah they used um obsidian to make mirrors and they actually had a, a god who had a had an obsidian mirror on his bless his blessed plate his breastplate <laughs> And would use it to like look in. He was it was like the the smoking mirror. He's the god of the smoking mirror, and he would use his breastplate to like look into the human realm and protect. He was like a very benevolent god. What was what was he the god of? Do you know the smoking mirror? Oh, that's that's his thing. That's his thing. Oh, it's kind of a protector god. Yeah, no, exactly. He was a protector, and so he would people use obsidian mirrors to like talk to him like his followers or devotees and he would use his mirror so like if a bad person his devotees would use the mirrors to communicate with him or whatever but he would use his mirror to look in and like punish bad doers evil doers evil bad evil bad coffers (laughs) um so that was i thought that was really cool because a lot of what we're going to talk about when we get into kind of the more like modern day literature and stuff is like spooky scary shit but here's a like really good example of someone and like how ancient times it was used as a tool to like help people Mm. and a benevolent god using this mirror to like as opposed to being like creepy and like spying on you or like i mean let's be real he was doing that but he was doing but it I mean, to be good. Right. Like your most friendly stalker. It's like yeah. when your mom goes through your drawers. Right. <laughs> because she loves, she loves you. you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just looking in on you. I trust you, That's but right. also... I want to make sure you don't have anything weird in there. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, that guy is cool. But, so, I wanted to mention, in addition to these kind of ancient worlds... Um, in the Jewish tradition, when someone passes away, you, you sit Shiva and Shiva translates to seven. So it's the seven days of mourning. And during that time, all the mirrors are covered in the home. Um, the idea being that you don't want that person's spirit to get trapped in a mirror Mm -hmm. and, and not be able to join God. And also, which I was not aware of that this is a common thing in other cultures, but in the Serbo-Croatian cultures, uh-huh. bodies were often buried with a mirror. Oh, interesting. The idea being that the mirror being placed with them would trap their soul so that they couldn't wander the earth. Yeah, this was Whoa. like bad people. That's yeah. kind of fucked a little bit, though. It's like yeah. the Jews are like, oh, let's cover all the mirrors to make sure that our, our, our beloved 
family goes to heaven and lives with God, and the Croats are like, no, keep them in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> they were just, like, ahead of the game when it comes to, like, zombie vampires. They're like, no, 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 we're keeping those souls right where they belong. Yeah, yeah they don't want any vampires. I don't blame them. I don't blame them, but also, like, that's a harsh <laughs> well, one. And then what do you do if that person gets, like, exhumed, you know, and then you're just like... Put on your like gloves and have like the mirror. And you're like, oh god, like, it's full of souls. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I also um, just to interject real quick. I found a thing that said the Buddhist belief that negative spirits will enter the house through the door if they have a triangular shaped roof. So hanging a small circular mirror in front of the door will prevent bad spirits from entering. Oh, they get they get trapped in the mirror. They get trapped in the mirror. almost like a dream catcher. Yeah, right? yeah. Kind of like. Bad dreams get stuck there. Bad spirits get stuck in the mirror. Nice. And on, on that note, um, one time I had uh, a job where my friend's desk was at the end of a long hallway. And so people would be walking down that hallway. There's nothing on in the hallway. It's just one way um, just to go from one place to another. And so they would walk down that hallway and just stare at her the whole time that they were walking down the hallway. And it made her super uncomfortable. I'm talking about Megan. Mm-hmm. And Sorry, uh, Megan. Sorry, Megan. Um, they put she put a mirror there, and suddenly they weren't staring at her the whole time. They would stare at themselves, exactly. and it just like fixed the whole problem, <laughs> and it like trapped their gaze. It was so funny. <laughs> like, people are so. like unfailingly narcissistic if you give them the chance to. Leave. It's really funny. Oh, absolutely. I had a mirror hanging up in my um, the office that I work in. Yeah, and I decided to move it because I wanted to put something a little more helpful there. You know, like those little wall organizers. I was like, this is a better place for these for many reasons, blah, blah, blah. So I moved the mirror and then everybody's like, where's the mirror? (laughs) And I was like, well, I just moved it to this other wall. It's like over here now. And they're like, oh, okay, good. (laughs) So You need a mirror. That's so funny. I also want to point out, uh, maybe it wasn't said like directly yet, but like there is a lot of... uh, connection between mirrors and the human soul in a yeah. lot of folklore and and even in, in current media it, it seems to be like a reflection of your soul or like they could trap souls so they they're two intertwined concepts often yeah yeah <gasps> absolutely i just got my mind blown because as you were saying that matt and like uh what mi- mirror selfies Selfies that oh, people take yeah. in a mirror. Oh, like, yeah. We're completely compounding the problem. <laughs> That's not right. not only are we staring at the mirror, we're taking a photo of it. Our souls are all kind of trapped. <laughs> all kind of gone. Did you know that the, one, of the first, one of the first selfies was Anastasia Romanoff taking a picture of herself in a mirror? Oh, there's a, awesome. pic- there's a picture of her taking a picture of herself in a mirror. It's kind of <laughs> cute. Um, but to... Uh, this is a good time to have this episode. I'm just putting a personal anecdote in here because I've been living mirrorless for like two weeks because <laughs> the cat broke my mirror, my uh, blank mirror. So like I I don't know what I look like when I leave the house. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, so that's a good time. You feel? Do you feel uh, liberated or do you feel as if your soul has nowhere to go? <laughs> At first I felt very liberated. I was like, I don't care. I don't give a crap. And then after a while I'm like, what am I wearing? <laughs> what does this look like? And every I thought it wouldn't bother me, so I had made no plans to get a new mirror. Um, but yeah, it does. Like after a while, 
I'm like, especially when I've gotten new clothes, I'm like, I don't know what I bought like five dresses for a <laughs> wedding, and I was like, I'll just try them on and give the ones back that I don't need. And then I was like, How am I going to know <laughs> which one? looks good. Like, I just tried them on and then I was like, well, this one feels fine. This one feels fine. It was so weird. You need to find a pool of water or something. <laughs> no, I'm gonna t- get my reflection from puddles. Yeah. Right. I was gonna say, when, you, when you're, like, walking down the street, do you find yourself, like, just stopping and staring at yourself yes. like, in windows now? Yes! I do, and I actually had to go down to Wilmington for this wedding, That's and like, I okay. stayed in a hostel, and so I actually asked my roommates, I was like, tell me which dress looks better. Because like I don't, I live in a mirrorless state. I don't know what I look like anymore. That's it interesting because it's like we think that like I mean, there's this connection to between mirrors and the soul, and like looking at the soul, like it's like looking at this liminal object of yourself, maybe. Yeah. But it's not. But it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's like to check on the state of of your liminal self, your soul, right. almost. It's like yeah, you have to check the state of your soul every once in a while, kind right? of, right? Like, am, am I representing my soul today by wearing a nice outfit? Yeah, exactly. Like... <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Also, there's this thing in in YA literature that it's a very big trope that people hate, but it is the trope where the main protagonist looks in the mirror and starts describing themselves. And that's like how, uh. that's how the bad authors usually like, oh, you know, my brown hair, my lovely raven hair or whatever, you know, they'll describe <laughs> themselves. Um, and it's often like really highly criticized because like one, that's super easy. And two, like nobody stands in the mirror and describes themselves. Yeah. It's a literary, it's a trope and a convenient literary device, but it's not like, exactly. realistic. Not a turn on. YA authors listening to this podcast. <laughs> that is like a real thing. So this, talking about like scrying, talking about kind of what people used to look into themselves or look into the future or talk to the dead or whatever you wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, I think kind of leads me into um, a quick story about the dark mirror. Oh, yeah. Which is an article that Emily shared with me because she was too pansy to read it herself. <laughs> yeah. I didn't read it, guys. Sorry, storytellers. It was but, too um, scary. Yeah. Lauren's uh, got bigger ovaries than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, have any at all, so I didn't even get an email. I have an ovary. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, Matt, Matt wouldn't be able to handle this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matt this. doesn't have any ovaries. Um, so this is an article you sent me. I believe it's Week of Weird is the, like, online source. It's yeah. a guy named Greg New- Newkirk um, is the author. So shout out to Greg. Thanks for <laughs> – he and his wife, it sounds like, are just, like, uh, cryptozoologists, like, Fun investigators times. of, like, paranormal stuff. And they have within their collection what they call the dark mirror. And it is like a very simple, um, dark, like a dark glass mirror and a very simple gold frame. It's probably not bigger than my like MacBook air computer screen. It's not very big. Um, the, the way that they got it though, was, uh, this woman and her mom went to some expo and her mom wanted to get into mirror scrying and she bought this mirror and then like, Basically, her daughter had to come in and, like, take it from her, like, intervene. <laughs> Whoa. Because it was so dark. Um, and they didn't really know, like, what was going on with the mother. 
just that like the daughter was just like uh uh-uh so they took it and then they travel with it they take some of their objects and they travel with it and so when people are interested in the mirror they tell them kind of that story about like the mom and the daughter and how like something was just like really kind of spooky there and they kind of give people this like you know look at your own risk kind of disclaimer I think it got started, like, the very first time they took it out, the very first woman who looked at it, he said that she, like, looked at it, and she just went, oh, God, and they kept it veiled, so she, like, gave it back to him and then covered it back up, and they were like, what did you see? And she's like, oh, I saw my own corpse, like, talking back to me. Oh, my God. And she said, that's a dark mirror. I shouldn't have done that. I'm going to go say a prayer. Like, and so that's where it got its name from. So other people have held it, have reported, like, seeing... Being alone in like being alone in the room, and then in the mirror, seeing people walking around behind them. Oh. One woman said that she held up the mirror, and the, her reflection was like whispering things to her, but like she wasn't talking or moving her mouth. Whoa! And you know, so there's all these like different reports of just real creepy and very kind of sinister things. Just, there, there are other examples that I'm, like, struggling to remember them because I yeah. kind of, I did kind of was just like, okay. <laughs> nah, no, Didn't, no, no. Yeah. I think the one about the person, um, the woman, with her reflection whispering to her is the one that creeped me out the most. Yeah. But he, he gives this really awesome part of the article where he talks about his, like, reflections of it. Because he said that, like, they take this mirror out, they let people look in it, they let them have an experience. Some people report, like feeling like almost like an electromagnetic pulse so like like almost like they're being like shocked Hmm. and so like after they like let go of the mirror like their hands and their arms are sore like an electric pulse yeah yeah like things like that where it's like oh they hurt or they'll like get headaches or like stuff like that they he has so his reflection that he was talking about was like they think that it might be almost like the mirror itself is showing people things, but the mirror is like feeding off of the humans looking at it. Oh, creepy. oh god! And it's like pulling pulling that fear and that negative energy into itself. Because and they also said so. Some of their other like I'm using air quotes that you can't see haunted objects started to become like more active, or things that were supposedly haunted started doing stuff. Mm. Is it like a Horcrux? Kind of, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I Jesus. thought. Or I was just like, oh my god. He he said they would bring this thing home, and then they had like a like a, a haunted doll that they can't find now. Like it got up and went somewhere. <laughs> oh my god. Or like there's a photograph that was supposedly haunted, and like one of the things it would do is that it had never done before, but it was just like, oh yeah, it'll like fall off the wall or whatever when certain things happen. It never did that in their home, and then it started doing things like that. I want to just, like, oh take a step back God. and, like, think about these people real quick. Like, they are bringing, like, haunted objects into their home, like, by the multitudes, and then, like, writing about them and stuff. Like, they have to be hardcore, like, ready to deal with problems, or already be so full of haunted bullshit, like, <laughs> like they've got to all be just full of dead spirits, like, talking to them all the time and shit, that it doesn't matter how many... They've gone, like, to the other complete other side? Yeah, like, like something like that. I think about that as this is one of my scary movie defense mechanisms where I'm like, Lauren's movie, scary movie coping mechanisms. One, yeah, wherever the events are taking place, I reassure myself because that I'm in a different place. I'm cool. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, that's a good one. I do that too. You know, so it's like, oh, it's, this takes place in upstate New York. 
I live in North Carolina. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, two, I basically root for the evil thing. Oh, and then so, it's a different kind of movie all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, if I get really freaked out, I'll be like, well, what if I was a person who, like, totally embraced, like, demons and I, like, got, like, cool powers from, and I didn't care about my soul going to hell or whatever the situation was. Like, I just start, I just, like, embrace it and go to that dark place where it's like, I'll take all the haunted stuff, whatever. Yeah, exactly. They can't do nothing. That's so, funny. That's, like, that's two of them. Maybe in a different segment, I'll... Those, those people must like must be that way. They must be like, oh well, we're both already haunted, so I guess like the best thing we can do is like just collect all the haunted shit and like keep it to ourselves. Because it doesn't sound like they have any special. Ways they travel of... with it, you know. They 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 show they take it to like expos and stuff. Right, and but do they have it, like but... containment units to put it in, like salt lined cases or something? They just carry it in like a fucking briefcase. So like... now it's funny you bring that up because now when they have the mirror at home and when they travel with it. They always kept it covered. Oh, oh, this is the thing I forgot. So they keep it covered. Uh-huh. They would just, like, keep the little veil on it or whatever. He said that he came home one day or woke up one day. Both of his cats were sitting in the same chair. And he, and just, like, staring off into space or whatever. And then he realized that, hmm, my cats never do that. They never, like, sit together. And then he realized that not only were they, like, sharing occupying the same space they weren't staring out the window they were staring at the mirror and the mirror had come uncovered Whoa. at some point oh in the my night. god so he said this up, is so scary so he set up this camera to watch the mirror for like a week and three nights out of the seven he woke up to find the mirror uncovered but then his entire um like uh like card his memory card was completely corrupted so he couldn't, huh. he's like, yeah, so oh, like, my God. he'd start recording, <laughs> and he couldn't get, like, anything out of it. I do want to point out that, though, if he's got two cats, like, the likelihood that the cats just pulled the... the... It was the cats. But maybe the cats ha- are demons now. Right. Well, I They've can, been yeah. corrupted by the mirror. I can just imagine that uh, conversation with the ASPCA volunteer be like, I can't have these cats anymore. They're not no. haunted or anything. They're not <laughs> demons. They talk about how, like, cats are, like, half in and half out of, like, the spirit world anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like they're they're perfectly good. They always go in their litter. They're perfectly healthy. So, why ma'am, why are you? Away? Yeah, why are you getting rid of them, ma'am? Yeah, um, ma'am? they're haunted as shit. <laughs> <laughs> like they're straight they're just, evil. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're communing with this mirror in my living room. So, yeah. yeah. So after that, like so the after that whole thing, into my shit. Like after that whole thing, evil. now they they keep it covered. They put a rosary on it, and it's locked in a chest. Yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Because, one, I guess because it, it was, like, they were getting a little spooked by it. And, two, because what I was saying about it, like, keeping that, like, kind of negative energy and, like, charging up the other spooky haunted things. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. So that was really crazy. In his article, in Greg's article, he brings up the fact that physicists have created virtual photons into real photons. So. Using a mirror? Using a mirror in the vacuum of space. What? So, so explain that a little bit, because that's a little bit confusing. Yeah. So if you go to this, this website is nature.com. The article was published in 2011. So this is oh, actually not a new thing. Nature is a very um, well-known scientific journal, FYI. Yeah. So this isn't like some, some you know, back internet site. Okay. Yeah. 
the the name of the car article is called Moving Mirrors Make Light from Nothing. And it was written by um, Jeff Brumfill. So if you have any desire, I'm not going to go through this because, one, I'm not a physicist. But the concept I understand, which was that like physicists used used a mirror or they used a they essentially created a mirror in the vacuum of space, pushed it close to the speed of light and found that that mirror, they, they were able to get um, photons off of the mirror. So, not like by the, the reflection of the, yeah. It was, it was virtual, like, quantum photons that weren't present in, like, the actual space the mirror was in. Right. Instead, it, it was, like, harvesting those virtual protons and then shooting them off as real protons, as a reflection. Holy fuck. <laughs> right. I think that is fascinating. Go go read the Nature article. It's super interesting. They do a much better job. I just wanted to bring it up because, oh, you can take things projected into a mirror and make it real. Uh, <laughs> kind of leads us into, uh, you know, things like Bloody Mary. <laughs> right. And whatnot. So I feel like we should take a break. Uh, and when we come back, we'll get into kind of our more modern concepts of Spooky mirror shit. And uh, how they're used in media today. And how they're used in media today. And examples. Hey, faithful listeners. Do you have an idea for an episode topic? Do you have your own opinions about what we talk about when we talk about zombies? Do you suspect someone of mind wizardry? Are you your own grandpa? Do you suspect us of mind wizardry? Let us know what you're thinking by emailing us at suggestions at lifenarrated.com. So I had looked up a lot of cool stuff about Bloody Mary. (laughs) The reason Bloody Mary, we're talking about her today, is because if you are unfamiliar with the kind of ritual, I wrote them down so you can do them at home. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! All right, guys. So here's our our interactive, you know, our our call to action uh, to summon Bloody Mary. Go summon demons. Yeah. Yeah. Summon demons. Step by step. So I'm, yeah, so I am going to go through like the ritual, right? And I'm going to, I'm also going to include like uh, maybe alternatives or whatever. So the first step is to go into a dark bathroom or a dark <laughs> room one, with a mirror. Step one, have a sleepover. Step two, <laughs> That's dare idea. each other to go into the dark bathroom with a mirror. <laughs> uh, drink all your mom's wine coolers. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Step three is actually go into the bathroom. <laughs> then um, then you go out and play uh, stiff as a board, light as a feather. Then you work up your courage to come back into the darkened bathroom. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so you go into the bathroom. You The point, the object is that it's like a, a room with a mirror. Um, you don't need any light. You don't want any light. Uh, you just want one candle. So the idea is that it's like a darkened room, but there is like a light source. And then you look into your mirror and you say Bloody Mary three times. This, the desired result of this is that a woman will appear to you. Now, she could be a corpse or she could be a witch, which I think is just a woman and or a ghost. (laughs) I agree. And (laughs) I was like a witch, like. How could you tell just from looking at it? Yeah, exactly. Is she actively casting spells? Right. She's or, just screaming, I'm a witch! <laughs> right? 
like she's how how heart. stereotypical yeah, she's got that. her hat on yeah uh so she will appear to you sometimes she will be holding um a dead baby in her arms jesus sometimes she will be threatening to take your baby so if you're like a pregnant woman or a woman of childbearing age mm. oh. um and She'd then other times like, if you have a baby i'm taking it yeah <laughs> And then other times she just, like, threatens your life. So, like, she might, like, scream and curse you or she might literally try to strangle you um, or scratch out your eyes. That's terrifying. Yeah. yeah like, why would one do this? Oh, <laughs> well, because... Put yourself in harm's way. Yeah. So the original... So I, I want to get into, like, who Bloody Mary is. But the original ritual is believed to have been based on... Um, something kind of completely different. And we go back to scrying, which we talked about earlier. So the original ritual was young women, and you're, we're talking about like circa 1800s, early 1900s. Perhaps during the time of the um, the interest in, uh, what is it called? Like the Fox Sisters and kind of the yeah. the, the revamp of uh, mysticism. Mysticism, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the thought was that a woman could kind of, in a, her darkly lit house, hold a mirror and a candle, walk backwards up the stairs, and she would see the face of her husband that she was going, <laughs> like her, who she would marry. <laughs> it's like she could take a candle and a mirror and walk backwards up the stairs with her husband at the top of the stairs, <laughs> and she would eventually see his face. <laughs> right. Uh, no, but you're saying... Like as a as a future telling device, she as could... a future, yeah. So it's like th- these are young girls. So it's like, oh, who am I going to marry? Right? Yeah. If you and... don't see a man, you might see the Grim Reaper or just a skull, and that means you're going to die before you get married. No. So Which either you're going to die young, or you're going to be like a spinster and die without marrying. Jeez. So that's a fucked up thing to do to women. <laughs> But also, like, at least that has, like, some positive outcome. Like, you might see the face of the person you're marrying. That's true. It wasn't, it was Bloody Mary is just like, if it works, you're fucked. (laughs) Yeah, like, why would you ever do that? Except to see that it would work or not. Right. (laughs) Because I got a bad thing to, like, I mean, like, the reality is, like, if it works, it's not going to go well for you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So, so that was kind of where they think the initial ritual came from. I think also there there's a, a tradition that if you are in a darkened room with just a candle and you look into the mirror, you can see all of the things that live in the house that aren't corporeal. Ooh. Yeah. So uncomfortable. <laughs> that, that was Ugh. one of the things that I saw when I was... Uh, I'm so yeah. pregnant and I have to get up <laughs> multiple times to go pee now. But it's not a and candle. And we have a window in our bathroom. Yeah, I don't like the. I don't turn the light on. But we have a window in our bathroom, so there it is, like a street light. Uh-huh. So it's not a candle. It's fine. It doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't count. It's not candle light. But <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Don't do it. I was gonna say I bring my cat a lot of times. She'll like follow me in there, and I'm like, I don't even know if I can trust you. <laughs> <laughs> Used to get this reassurance that like my little spirit animal would like protect me, and now I'm like, but is it really your spirit animal? Exa- yeah, <laughs> whose spirit <laughs> animal is it? It's, right. um, it's a double agent spirit, right? Animal. <laughs> and so nowadays, like Emily pointed out, like we were joking, but nowadays it is like a really common. Um, thing to do at slumber parties like to do it in a group and yeah. to do it with like even i did it when i was a kid like, yeah yeah boy scout camp we'd like dare each other like no you go you go talk to bloody mary yeah yeah it's, and it's, someone it's like, like no a... it's not real it's not real i'll do it because it's not real it won't matter yeah exactly but but you're like but but you're too scared yeah exactly. there's there's other things you know and and this kind of plays into other kind of like urban legend things or it's like 
is it real? Did it really happen? What's the what's the word? I'm like a rite of passage. This mm. is a very yeah. common like yeah. practice. I just want to uh, pause right here to point out that like girls were like legit practicing witchcraft at at um, sleepovers, like stiff as a board, light as a feather. Like that's that's super witchcraft. Also, oh, like yeah. summoning demons via the mirror and like all sorts of shit. Like, Ouija boards. I, Ouija the boards. One, the yeah. one and only time I ever messed with a Ouija board was at a sleepover. Yeah. See. And we were, and it was like stupid question. That's that's why that shit's so fucked, kids. <laughs> if you're listening, that's why you don't mess around with this stuff. Don't mess. Don't go. Don't go mirror scrying. Don't go playing with Ouija boards because you're gonna say things like, "Does such and such have a crush on me?" And then the demon that wants to get up in you is gonna be like, "Totally. <laughs> Keep hanging out." That's right. <laughs> So, like, just don't. Like the price is way too high for yeah. the information you're getting. Like, if you're asking, like, what's the lottery numbers? Okay, maybe. <laughs> like, special effects-wise, The Exorcist is very dated, but the, like, the tone of it, which is, like, just don't. Cause, because it doesn't matter how innocent you are. Like, Captain Howdy wants up in you. Um, so, so that's, like, that's what you do, right? Who Bloody Mary is... Is kind of depends on what what story the author or director, whatever the writer wants to tell you. Uh, because I have seen stories. I think like Supernatural has a Bloody Mary. Yeah, episode. they do. These Monster of the Week kind of shows or stories or books often have like a Bloody Mary kind of scenario, and that Bloody Mary could be anybody, right? It's like any woman, but the I guess when we go back to, like, where's this tradition start? Yeah. Um, Bloody Mary was an actual figure. Um, she's a monarch. If you're familiar with Queen Elizabeth I, Mary I was her older sister. So she was the Queen of England from, like, 1953 until she died. Or, excuse me, 1953? <laughs> yeah. I was yeah, like, wait a second. Sense. Oh, 1553 until she died in 1558 and during that time quick history lesson she was a like a like strict catholic her father king henry the eighth had the reformation of england where like protestants were cool and she was like just kidding now that i'm queen i'm gonna restore us back to the one true faith and make everybody catholic again so she burned over a hundred or two hundred and eighty Protestants um, for heresy, and they gave her the name Bloody Mary. Oh, so she simultaneously, while she was doing that, she was married to King Philip of Spain, and she was one of the early kind of where we look back and think like, oh, if you've ever heard of like phantom pregnancy. Um, she experienced a lot of miscarriages and phantom and potentially phantom pregnancy, which is when a woman wants to be pregnant so much that their body chemically changes and hormonally changes and they start to show signs. It's a psychosomatic uh, pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so, so she would like her stomach would swell or she would even like lactate sometimes there were reports of this, but then there would be like no baby. And then it turns out most likely what was happening is she had um, uterine cancer. And actually, it was, it was like a tumor. So it's actually, like, really sad, but it caused her so much distress. So hence, <coughs> you have this, like, woman who is mean 
and killed people, <laughs> so we don't like her. And then she couldn't have children, so that connection of her as being kind of this um, bloodthirsty person, and then the connection to the lost baby. So the ghost or the corpse holding the dead child or coming for your dead child um, is where all that connection comes from. Now, again, like I said, other storytellers might have... I'd heard a story about, like, oh, Bloody Mary was, like, the butcher's daughter. Mm. You know, and there'd be some kind of story. it's been taken and just, like, used for whatever... Exactly. ...whatever story that fits at the time or is useful to the artist that's Mm. making the, the narrative. Right, exactly. So it's, like, this, you know, queen from, like, the 1500s has found a place... Even if it's just a name yeah. in the modern modern day entertainment. So, yeah. I just think that was, like, really, really crazy that a lot of people, a lot of children especially, mm-hmm. are playing Bloody Mary. They're scrying in a mirror and trying to summon this lady who's supposed to kill you. Like, that <laughs> is the thing. I, I was going to say, I do also think you can summon Baba Yaga that way uh, via mirror. I'm not entirely sure. I was trying to Google it. <laughs> Again, why Baba would you Yaga, want to? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you Baba can get, Yaga. You can have her to... get revenge on people for you. But then oh, so she, she like, will do stuff. She will if she feels like it, or she'll just, like, eat you. Like, there's, okay. you know. Baba Yaga is the, she's like a witch, and she has the house that is on chicken legs. And then her, like, so her house will, like, she'll, like, set her house down and and then, like, eat children <clears throat> or people who wander towards her. So, like... But if she liked you, house. she would she would provide like guidance and help, magical help. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there is like some positive reason to like summon Baba Yaga, like yeah. maybe. I yeah, maybe. I'm gonna make a little tangent real quick. I would yeah. love to see a TV show or a comic or a cartoon about kids who discover how to do magic, like kind of randomly, but like little like middle school kids. Yeah. And, and they, like, go out and, like, practice it. And, like, they do all these, like, weird magic thing, like, quote-unquote, like, magical things. Like, stiff as a board, light as a feather, and then, like, Ouija boards. But, like, turns out they can actually do it. And, like, they just practice and become, like, really good, like, middle school magicians. Or middle school wizards. <laughs> that would be fun, actually. And then, and then they, like, get in, like, weird little squabbles, you know, per- interpersonal squabbles. But they use magic to solve them. But then also they, like, would fight demons and things they find in their school. And, like, it'd be cute. See, I like the idea playing off of yours where it's like, maybe not children, but like therapists, you know, so it's like, we're going to summon Bloody Mary and we're going to process this hurt. <laughs> oh, wow. And they try to, and they like try to like reach out to like ghosts and uh-huh. demons, almost like, um, I never watched this show. What's the one where the lady is like, is it called Medium? Oh, yeah. Where like ghosts come to her called. and she helps them like solve their problems so they can cross yeah. over. Oh, okay. But like specifically like not for... just like ghosts, but like specifically like, oh yeah, we're going to summon Bloody Mary because. <laughs> we're going to talk about this. There's been a, a slew of sleepover massacres, right? And like. <laughs> so and we think like, she's just hurting. Right, right. She's in a lot of pain, you guys. I like the idea of the, uh. It's like the preteen supernatural detective agency. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I, that's what yes. I want to see. Blend. Blend the ideas. Yeah. TM, everyone listening. That's right. You, those are my ideas. You don't take them. Right. I but am then, available to be bought, though. <laughs> um, I was going to say, then we also have like Slender Man, which is another folklore that we are going to talk about. And that involves images, right? He supposedly showed up in an image, and the idea was that everyone in the image died including the person who took the image. And then so whenever he shows up in a, in a f- photo, everyone in the photo is dead 
Or if it's specifically children, he's taken them away somewhere. Hmm. Or they've disappeared. So that's like Slender Man's deal. And it's kind of similar to like, there's a Goosebumps book that was like, someone had a horrible cursed camera that they would take a picture and everyone in the picture when it came out looked like they were skeletons. And then everyone, it's like Final Destination, right? They all die <laughs> right. some way or another. You're just... So we talked a lot about mirrors. We haven't talked a lot about photographs and like it, their, uh, their relation to media and uh, tropes as well. Like one immediate connection is that like it's very common belief or in certain cultures that like photographs will steal your soul if you take a picture of people. Yeah, and it makes sense because if you're thinking like a photograph is a is a mirror image of you, but it's permanent. That's so a if good you're point. like yeah, if you're like looking into a mirror, you're seeing your soul. That's fine because you can move away and take your soul with you. But then if someone's taking a mirror image of you that's permanent. They've literally stolen a piece of your soul to sh- display. Like captured. That's yeah. really interesting and a very good way of thinking about it. That makes perfect sense, like logically. Yeah, it never made sense to just now until I put it together. Like, I <laughs> yeah. guess that makes sense, you know? It's like um, a, a mirror that you can, like, produce many of, like, forever. That's interesting. And there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of people who, especially with early photography, who kind of took advantage of people's one, people's lack of knowledge around kind of what photography is and the science of it. And they would they would take pictures of, um, they, I think they would call them like spirit photography. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where they were using, like they were com- using like, like composite images and stuff. And like, you know, all kind of early photographs or long exposures so they would have somebody sit down and then have somebody step in and then yeah. step out and that would create like a ghostly There's image a, and stuff. A really good 99% Invisible episode about um, about spirit photography and about the guy who who started the trend. Was it the guy who did the like the ghost of Abraham Lincoln photo? Yes. Yeah. 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 Interesting. A, there's a photo called the ghost of Abraham Lincoln and it's the photographer dressed up as Abe Lincoln, but he <laughs> did it in such a way that people believed he had actually captured a picture of Abraham Lincoln's ghost. But the reason I bring this up is because still today, people who investigate paranormal activities use, like, photographic equipment to try and capture images, whether they're doing, like, actual still photography or moving images with their video cameras. Like, that's a thing that's, like, still really prevalent. Like, we can catch this person's soul or this spirit or this glimpse of the other side in this physical format. Yeah. I I was just going to give you a primer real quick. If no one's ever, if you've never like uh, developed your own pictures, the way to do this, this kind of spirit photography, it's like dead easy and like could be done by mistake. So basically <laughs> you have this photo sensitive paper that you project very quickly an image onto. You see so your your image becomes a negative and you put light through the negative and so it becomes the positive image on the light sensitive paper which absorbs the light so when you have that you can eat just as easily put in another picture and like cover up everything else in the picture but the like person the weird abraham lincoln standing there and just like do it again and so now there's just a little abraham lincoln in your picture it's like super easy (laughs) Yeah, and and sometimes it was done with the intention of kind of being a novelty or a um 
I, I couldn't think of a better term than kind of like the charlatans, you know, like yeah. kind of pat, the patent medicine sort of idea where it's like, oh, I'll take pictures of your loved ones or whatever. Snake oil peddlers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where it's like people would come pretending to be mediums and then, oh, yes, here's I captured this photo of your of your dead son and he's still with you and, yeah. you know. Things like that. But then it also became kind of intentional as it was almost like a, when we, we've talked in the past about how fucked up Victorians are, (laughs) um, taking photos of loved ones who had died as like a memorial to them. But then also there were times when it was done in like a ghost, it, it was done in such a way so that the dead person appeared in the photograph as a ghost. Like, that was an intentional choice Mm -hmm. as, like, a, you know, the spirits around you. And I was looking at some Google images, and I also want to shout out to my my husband because he was the one that was like, I had to write this paper when I was in school about death and photography. And so even though I knew some of this stuff, he got really specific and was like, oh, look up this thing and this thing or whatever. So thank you for help with my research, babe. Uh, but one of the ones I saw, it was this one woman and I don't know who these people were, but literally like she had like almost like a little halo of just dead people's heads. So like presumably people in her family who had died. Oh. And, and she just, yeah. So I don't, so what you were saying, Emily, like when you're actually talking about how to develop the picture, it makes me wonder if she like would keep photographs and then later decided to have a photograph made with all of them there as like this is you know or if she's going to the one spirit photographer and she's had these images taken of all her dead loved ones and then this guy was like I got it yeah this is gonna be great <laughs> right so it's like you know is it a tool for mourning but it's also is this a tool for kind of manipulating people and sure. their emotions absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely like a little bit of both I think yeah and so when we talk about like things in media something that really like came into my mind was the ring have you guys seen the ring yeah that's right Mm -hmm. the ring i haven't seen it but i know the it's kind of like that that idea of like if you if you watch this video there's a girl in it and if you see it she's gonna kill you in seven days and it's really spooky and it is a really scary movie but the thing that i kept thinking about was like photo but in that seven day period any images taken of these people, their faces are blurred out. So it's like, oh, like, interesting. All the like photo evidence is like, nope, they're dead. Like they don't oh, wow. anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, it's like you kind of see their body, but like any kind of identifying part of their face is literally like smudged out, and it's like really creepy because it's like oh, your soul's gone. Like <laughs> your soul, like gone. it's it's like this inevitable like yeah, yeah. thing that yeah. oh god, like you can't even capture your soul. <laughs> In the moment, because it's already doomed. There is also that uh, that movie, um, Back to the Future, where a, f- a photograph was playing a really yeah. prominent role in, like, how the movie, how the protagonist was doing in his mission. Like, his siblings kept on disappearing, for those of you who haven't seen it, from this image, indicating that his parents were getting farther and farther from, like, uh, sealing the deal in terms of marriage. <laughs> uh, or, you know, just... Uh, have babies. Because he was kind of using the photograph as a scrying tool. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, like literally, like yeah. in the future, being like this won't happen now. Yeah. yeah, and there's tons of I think a common. I don't even know. I I assume I would call this a trope. I don't really know, but like the mirror mirror trope of like 
Snow White, the the evil queen from Snow White and her yeah. magic mirror. And like, it literally is this floating face <laughs> in her mirror that talks to her and tells her stuff and tells her what to do. See, that's a good, good evil thing you can summon from a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> well, that also super useful. Beauty and the Beast, there was a, a mirror that, uh, I mean, the Beast has a magical mirror. He can, he can scry. He can basically be clairvoyant and see He's things like a from warlock. far away. I never away. thought about that before. He's <laughs> got yeah, a magic rose, too. He's got all sorts of magic shit. He does. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and he, he gives it to um, Belle just for, for funsies. No, she's leaving, and he gives it to her um, so he, she can see him, um, which turns out to be a problem in the end. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler yeah. alert. Haven't seen Beauty and the Beast. It came out, I think, in like 1997. So. <laughs> but also there's this kind of, um, for video games specifically, I've seen this a couple times, and it, they mention it in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, mm-hmm. where like the boss is like the mirror version of you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Oh, in Zelda, there's yeah, a yeah. Dark Link. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like a in in Scott Pilgrim versus the World, it's Nega Scott. Yeah. And in the end, I mean, he's such a, a dingleberry that like he doesn't have trouble defeating himself. But um, it's pretty, it's interesting, you know. Well, also in like in Mario, um, like Mario sixty four, you jump through images like pictures. Yeah, to go. Into I had that written down too. Other, uh, to, uh, the different worlds that you have. Yeah, to it's like a photograph. Or a mirror can be like Sometimes, a portal. Yeah. yeah you have portal. Alice through the looking glass where she literally walks through a mirror and she's taken yeah. to another place. And it's That's like true, yeah. this idea that there's this mirror dimension. Mm-hmm. We talked about that a little bit earlier with the, there's gotta be something behind there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like the, the, the world, like if you were able to like kind of push through that plane. And I think it like a really, a really recent example of that is Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where they, they do all their training in the mirror world because the mirror world does not, it's, it's a reflection of the real world. And so what you do there does not impact the real world, the right? Real it's like world. this contained Is that in the book thing. or in the, the show? It's, it's definitely in the movie. And I actually have okay. not... I've not read any Doctor Strange. Um, oh, you're talking about Doctor Strange, um, the, the Marvel Avenger. Yes. Ah, I'm talking about uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, which oh. has like a, oh, a John, lot, yeah, which has like a lot of big mirror themes too. They use mirrors to go into the fairy realm, yeah, and to travel quickly oh. between areas. Well, he casts a spell on a mirror too, so he can like keep an eye on. I think. Um, yeah. He, he he literally. I think I think Jonathan Strange scries and so he can keep an eye on Dr. Norrell and yeah. see because he's just like his competition or whatever. But they use it as like a as like a, a plot point at the end where he has to like kind of get quickly from one place to another or like I think he has to trap someone in the in the, the fairy realm so he has everyone break mirrors or something. Um, Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So like mirror, we're, we're running through mirrors all damn day. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I think also another one that uh there's like a bunch of tropes with mirrors, like um, someone pretending to be a mirror on the other side. Um, oh yeah, you know, <laughs> like in and, uh, Looney Tunes or something. Yeah, like in Looney Tunes, it's like in a lot of different like an movies. empty picture frame. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then the eyes are following me with paintings or yeah, photographs. Yeah, you know, being watched kind of, by the painting. 
it's kind of a creepy thing. Um, I mean, that also goes into the portrait of Dorian Gray, where the it, the image That's is true. taking all of the damage that he's doing to himself in, like, terms of his mortal soul. Like, he de- he's very debauched, and he's uh, drinks and, you know, uh, gambles and lies. And so his portrait just looks worse and worse and worse as he continues to do all this stuff. Um, <laughs> I, saw, I saw a meme the other day that was, like, conversation between dorian gray and like whoever gave him the painting or gave him that option and yeah. he's like wait so i can do whatever i want and i'll be fine and but the person's like yeah but the picture's gonna look awful and he's like dude i'm gonna cover that shit up <laughs> don't worry about it i wonder how that would go down now though in terms of like modern day where it's like we literally take 30 40 selfies so that we can post <laughs> the one that people will see it's okay. like okay so but, like, okay, so yeah. think about, like, Dorian Gray style, where it's, like, what if it was, like, the, the, the caveat was that, you know, oh, but everyone's going to have access to all those selfies. So you can <laughs> you can do whatever yeah. you want. You can drink as much as you want. You can do whatever you want. But everybody will see the selfies you take while you're doing it. Or, so, like, it will be a really interesting, uh, like, Dorian Gray reversal where, like, yeah. you know, he's doing all the stuff in his real life that is reflected in this liminal, weird photograph of him or, like, painting of him. But what if it was, like, in the modern version, is reverse, where he, you, you, the person isn't doing anything interesting, but his social media accounts are banging. And everyone's oh. like, oh, man, these are great. Blah, blah, you blah. must be so dope. Exactly. But then he, like, the, the trade-off is that, like, he can't or isn't allowed to or whatever. His life is kind of boring and whatever. But his social media accounts are, like, on point. He just looks really cool on social <clears throat> media. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, like, followed by all these cool people and whatever. <laughs> Yeah. I do, do also, and then also like Hall of Mirrors. That's a really popular mm. trope when like it's a villain oh, yeah. chase. You know, they do that in, uh, um, what is it? Uh, oh, just so many things though. I'm thinking specifically of the Phantom of the Opera. Like, the he, Hall of Mirrors scene? He falls into a little like hexagon of mirrors and he can't figure out which one is the real villain. And then the villain escapes. <laughs> I have not seen that. Or I saw that recently. I don't remember the, the He. It's when they have this party. They're doing the masquerade song. Oh, it's the masquerade thing. There's like a yeah. moment where there's like a bunch of mirrors. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember that. Yeah. I, but yeah, like I, I tend to think of like running through the mirror fun house. Yeah, that's too. I'm yeah. like shooting out all the wrong mirrors <laughs> yeah. until you're left with just the one and it's you the whole time. Yeah. Ha um, I do also want to mention uh, doppelgangers, which is kind of similar in that it's like a mirror person of you. And in a lot of um, cultures, it's very bad luck to see your doppelganger. Uh, in uh, Percy Shelley's pr- uh, drama Prometheus Unbound, uh, he makes a reference to a dead child who met his own image walking in the garden. Um, and there's actually a website where you can upload your picture to find your doppelganger it's called twinstrangers.net that's also really interesting but once again if it's such a bad like bad luck why would you do it <laughs> why would you do it well i mean there are other do instances where things... it's not a bad luck it's just like oh that's my doppelganger do only things like magical shit that can help you why do magical <laughs> shit that could possibly hurt you well so you're talking percy shelley who is mary shelley's husband yeah right? eventual husband yeah he the story around his death is that he saw his doppelganger, and yeah. that's why he died. Yeah, so Aww. yeah, he drowned. Um, maybe, maybe night. he did. We don't know. I was at a party last night, and I introduced this this person I was with 
to her doppelganger, who happened to be also the party. They were both wearing like a floral yellow jacket. They're both redheads. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, that's your doppelganger. Oh my God, I know that person. And so I introduced them both and they hung out for a minute. And so they're both going to die. <laughs> you, just, you, just, you just admitted to murder on our you, podcast. You need to go call some people, Matthew. <laughs> also, except for that one Boardman organ person. You didn't hear anything, Boardman organ. <laughs> your sister, your sister is quiet. now under this ethic dilemma of whether or not to cut <laughs> this out and protect you. Or leave it in and let your like sinister plot. <laughs> and let Boardman Oregon call the FBI on you. Right? Mm. I don't know. Doppelganger murderers, what they'll say. That's right. I want to uh, talk about Harry Potter again really fast. Yeah, no, always. You don't say. I feel like we don't <laughs> talk about it enough. I know. But before we lose before we lose the thread here, I just really want to bring up The Mirror of Erised, which mm-hmm. is from the first book. And yeah. I loved that idea because the whole point is that you look into the mirror and you see your greatest desire. Yeah. So it becomes this kind of... Um, you know, it's a very, very intense, very magical item that it, can... It kind of becomes a litmus test for the characters. Like, yeah. Like, what they desire most. And it's and, very telling, you know, the different things that people see in it. Right. And kind of... And, and also, also the fact, too, that um, Dumbledore uses it to hide the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. And, and uh, how he can kind of manipulate it to be kind of a protection spell... But it also is, like, kind of comes back to that kind of narcissistic thing where it becomes, you know, one of Dumbledore's, like, kind of more quotable, he's got a lot of quotes, but, like, one of his more quotable things is, like, it does not do well to dwell on dreams and to forget to live, is this idea that, like, yeah, like, staring staring at yourself, staring into this other world, this other right. dimension, you know, takes away from your own life. And so I think if we put that in a modern context, right, like... The reverse Dorian Gray, where it's like you become obsessed with this image you have projected onto social mm-hmm. media. Well, that's not really your life. Yeah. And I I have found a lot of people who are like social media, I guess, um, be it like whether they're bloggers or whatever, people who are kind of those personalities, those celebrities, often share posts where they're like, here's a glimpse of my real life. And it's something, it's like some kind of... Yeah messed up thing right like oh my here's my four-year-old having a meltdown this is real life (laughs) i'll post another picture of them being really cute wearing this outfit that i want to sell you later but so there is this kind of like idea that you can get completely lost in this mirror dimension you know i really like the idea of social media as a as an additional liminal space like that you can add to the the collection of like mirrors and photographs yeah it's a mirror dimension, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it it can highlight or not highlight things. Like, it's a different kind of scrying, almost. You yeah. Because yeah. like, you can use it to, to tell what people are doing from great distance and stuff. It's <laughs> you like can really summon... weird. It's, like, almost perfectly fits all the things we discussed. Yeah. Yeah, you can summon Instagram. information from your about your friends and see what they're yeah, doing. exactly. Or what I've... they choose to see, show that they're doing. I have said many times, because we have friends kind of spread out all over the place that, like, have children, that, like, when they post things of their children, I'm like, yeah, I feel like I'm watching them grow up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I haven't seen them since their, like, second birthday, and they're now four, or whatever, you know? Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. I have a friend who just did a, like a like a boxing competition or something, and I used to oh. work with him, and he was like a kind of a scrawny Asian guy, but he, over well, the last like four or five years, has been really focused on his fitness and health, 
and he won a bunch of awards, like, for beating up people in this boxing match or whatever. Nice. And I was like, all right, but I feel like I watched that whole process, like, go through. And it's like, yeah, it's true. Right. But using my scrying device. It's, a, it's like a long game. <laughs> but also, yeah. device, but... <laughs> we are not the first ones to think of this idea because uh, you may be familiar with the TV show on Netflix called Black Mirror. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm so glad. Uh, yeah, I'm so, so glad we got there. The Black there. Mirror in question, it's, it's kind of like a, for those of you who don't know, like a Twilight Zone version for the 21st century. And it focuses much, mostly on like the use of social media and like how that can really screw up people. And it's all fictional, so, like, no, none of the social media actually exists, but, like, it's all a little bit kind of too close to home, and, like, yeah. the stories are all kind of fucked up and, like, really kind of screwed screwed up in the head. But the black mirror in question, the, the title of the show, refers to the, your phone screen when it's blank. It's a black mirror. Oh, my God, it is a black mirror. It's an obsidian. You can receive Don't show it to me. I'm showing you your own reflection. Ah! Um, yeah, so it's, like... Those people obviously thought about that, like, yeah. connection between mirrors and liminal spaces and the phone. Interesting. Yeah. I do want to mention Medusa as the Classic. last thing. Um, yeah, she, I mean, she was defeated by a mirror, right? She, her gaze turned people into stone, but um, what's his face? Who was Perseus. it? Perseus. Who is it? Perseus. Yeah, per- Perseus had a mirror shield and just held it up and she turned to stone. Turned That's herself right. to stone. A clever guy, huh? Well, yeah. Athena told him to do it, so. Okay, <laughs> Athena's real clever then. But, you know, Perseus risked his life, so, like, it's a team effort. Uh, okay, I'll, yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Teamwork um, makes the dream work. It's the truth. Yeah. Yes. Poor Medusa. We will talk about her at some point um, as the super sympathetic character that she is. But, I don't know the story, but okay. For the purposes of this story, yes, her undoing was um, a mirror because she could not look at herself. But Perseus was allowed to, again, talking about this kind of like, this out of touch world, right? He was able to see her in the reflection and not be harmed. Right, yeah. Like so it, it allowed it him to kind magic. of navigate and like, you know... To, to get close enough to her to even decapitate her. Also, so, yeah. I will say there's someone here right now who can't see herself <laughs> and might turn us to stone if we were to look at her, but not so through something that wasn't a Google Hangouts. What? Emily. <laughs> what? You have no mirrors in your house. Yeah, but does mean I can turn you to stone? <laughs> we don't know that. I feel like that's better evidence that she's become a vampire. Mm. Oh, that's a good one to mention, too. I wanted I actually... to mention this just before we end. Uh, vampires have no souls, so their souls do not show up in mirrors. Makes perfect sense. That's right. Like, mystery salt. If you were one of those people out there wondering why vampires can't see themselves in a mirror. There it is. they have no souls. There's also other stories, too, about, like, actually that they don't see a mirror, they see a doorway. Oh. What? And that's how they travel to, like, hell. Oh, that's cool. That's interesting. Yeah, so. I, I did hear, I did read something in researching that, like, Putting two mirrors facing each other can uh, make a ghost portal, basically. And, like, ghosts can come in and out of other dimensions via the... Um, That'd be cool. But is yeah. it, like... Wait, so it's, like, how much space do you have to give them? I mean, like, if, you the put, picture... if you put the mirrors, like, right up on top of each other, do they just go back and forth really fast? <laughs> between well, the portals where they're like, wah, I'm looping! <laughs> or it's, like, if you leave, like, a little bit of room, they just walk through and they're like, hi! I think it's and like then they're back in the other mirror. Like, you got a, a room with, like, a separator in it. And, like, there's, like, a little hallway in between. So, like, two separators and a hallway in between. 
if you put those separators really close, you're still going, you're going basically from the same room into the other same room. You right. Know? <laughs> but if you put them far enough away, they could be in the hallway, which is like our realm. Yeah. But yeah. I like the idea that you could do that and then like put a, like a salt circle around it. And so you could have like a, like a contained ghost, like ghost <laughs> observation point. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so there's this thing we used to do with, on Sims, like the Sims one or something where you can make like a death island. Yeah. That's what it sounds like, but for a ghost. So, like, a death island in The Sims was, like, you put a moat around a house, and you put diving boards on the outer side, (laughs) and then you put uh, ladders on the inner side. So they could dive in, climb out, but then they had no way to cross, like, the moat again. Uh, so, but that's what that sounded like yeah, to me, where of. it's like, oh, well, we get this little hallway, and Ghost will just walk in and be like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Stuck here. I'm on Death Island, and no. I'm already dead. Uh, then, I do... But then you could like, haunt things. You could like, put things in there and be like, if you inhabit this doll, you can get out into the real world, but only in this doll. Okay, here it goes. That's yeah. how you get haunted dolls. That's how you get that's haunted, how you haunted dolls. That's how... If you were one of those people out there wondering yeah. how haunted dolls worked... <laughs> There, there you, you go. go. We got the vampires question answered. We're doing good Haunted work, dolls. I, <laughs> I do also want to mention in Harry Potter <coughs> they use um, Sirius hands Harry a mirror so that they can talk. And he, yes. I don't think they use it, but it does smash at some point. And then he uses it to like shout for help at some point. And what's his name? Aberforth comes to his rescue. He thinks it's Dumbledore, but it's really Aber- Aberforth. So there's a lot of mirror scrying in Harry Potter. I I hope the takeaway is uh, I kind of gave out like the PSA about kids. Please don't summon Bloody Mary. Only do yeah. magic that helps you. Don't oh. do magic that will hurt you. Exactly. Like be careful with mirrors, man. Because like I don't want anybody to get hurt. <laughs> I don't. Also, broken mirrors are very sharp. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there's and... a lot of danger to your immortal soul. That's right. And possibly your hands. <laughs> And my my cat now has seven years of bad luck. He's not going to outlive that seven years of bad <laughs> so luck. You already had bad luck, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to, actually, that was the question I was going to ask where it's like, does he have seven years of bad luck yeah, now? Or good. because it was your mirror? Like, but he is has it the seven, breaker or the... The owner. The owner. He has seven years of, he has seven, he's nine lives. So I think that just took one of his nine lives. I Eight. think that'll be All good. Right. <laughs> he has That's only true. eight lives now. Yeah. <laughs> Except this morning when he tried to pull a radio down on his face, so now he has seven lives. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you for listening, storytellers. Um, I think that wraps up our episode. Yeah, please, you guys, like, reach out to us and let us know. Because, you know, whenever we sit down, we're thinking of the things that we like mm. and that we've seen, even if we don't like it, that we've seen. <laughs> so, like, if you have experiences with them you know a mirror world or <laughs> a movie or a tv show where you think they do a really good job of using mirrors and photographs to like create their story let us know email us yeah at support so, at no it's not support it's no, suggestions, suggestions at narrated.com. good job thanks for listening everybody don't be a trope you dopes And remember, always do safe magic. And keep telling your story. Mm